You've now entered the lap of luxury. Prepare your soul for a lavish journey into enlightenment. Well, and so like we were, we were playing Red Air, so all we did was just get shot at all day. So it was like, fuck it, whatever, you know. Um, and then the second, we only did two sets. And the second time, I was like listening to the call outs and I'm like, they're not shooting at us. Or they, they shot us one and then we went down low. And we were playing, the second guy was like, man, they're not shooting at us. And finally, so we'd send like 7,000 feet and like the, they're still fighting and shooting other people. And I'm like, listen, I'm like, I don't think they, they're shooting the right people. Or I don't think they're shooting us. And then, and I was looking like, I got the radar picture is kind of different. It looks really weird. Like, I don't know. It's, it's not weird. It's normal, I guess, for fighters. But to me, I was just like, hmm, interesting. And like, I kind of like, okay, there's some contacts there. I think that's what it is. And, um, and then we're like getting closer and closer. So I'm like, these guys don't see us yet. Like, I was like, man, I hope we, I hope we merge with these guys. That'll be so tight. So I'm like looking around trying to find it. And like, also it's the classic. Like if you remember being in the back of the T6, where you can't really see shit. If it wasn't for the HUD repeater uh, or the heads up display repeater on my, uh, like one of the MFDs back there or multifunction displays, uh, then I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to see anything. So I was like, uh, I'm like kind of like peeking around like the pilot shoulder, like looking left side, right side. I'm like, he should be somewhere around like 11 o'clock and I'm looking. And then finally <laughs> we start turning like, oh, fuck, we're actually fighting. But then he shot us with the uh, IR missile. So I was like, oh, well, that was over quick. <laughs> I, was hope- <laughs> I was hoping it was going to be like, you're going to be like fucking top gun, you know. Well, <laughs> and what's funny is I, I, I came in yesterday to. I was like, hey, uh, would you mind throwing me on the schedule to fly tomorrow since we got it available? And it was like, yeah, and like my boss and a couple other people were there. It's like, oh, hell yeah. And he was like, what the hell? We don't need no fucking navigator in the back. I was like, ah, well, what? I was like, well, I don't have to tell you. <laughs> yeah, what else is new? Yeah. So, but it was, I don't know, I had fun. I'm trying to get on there. If I can fly like at least once a week, that'd be nice. Unfortunately, I don't get to log any of this. So it's kind of like yeah, that's fine. But at least yeah, that's cool that you're getting that, you know, so you can get oriented. <clears throat> yeah, for sure. It's there's definitely less buttons. Like I thought there was gonna be like a crazy amount of switches, and I'm like looking at the instruments. I'm like, there's really not that many. Like there it seems like there's like looking at it, there's probably like six instruments that are important. Like that I gotta watch. Like I feel like there's more shit you gotta watch in the T6. I was like, hmm, or maybe I just know what I'm kind of kind of looking at now i'm like oh the yeah display, the displays make sense at least versus i'm like ah, oh, i got fucking a million of these like just to read off this thing i got you know you got n1 np you got itt all these things it's like <laughs> bro it's like how many fucking things can you just tell me which one i fucking gotta look at but yeah i um, bet uh i bet you could tell also like which you know panels or switches they don't use often right uh i th- kind of i will also i only sit in the back seat so like no one ever fucking flies in the back seat here like yeah the only, the only reason they do is like for incentive rides <laughs> so like they'll fly the two-seater but they'll just fly it by themselves kind of so i don't oh, know okay, gotcha. yeah like i'm sure if i sat in the front and looked around i could probably see a little bit better but see which ones get used um but yeah the link 16 is definitely tight this is something I was thinking about this week, actually, <clears throat> um, kind of related, like with the, when you're talking about 
counting your time. Isn't it weird that like when you, <clears throat> I mean, certain upgrades, I guess it makes sense, but like when you get to instructor, they, um, like in the buff, since there's two pilots and two wizos, they would ask like, how do you want to split your instructor time? <clears throat> or like yeah. if, you go, if you go to the wist or something, it's like, shouldn't every, like, as soon as you become an instructor, all the hours after that should be instructor time, right? Like, it should be. Because you're an instructor, and I mean, at some point, you're either instructing or you're, like, using your knowledge, you know? It's like, I don't know. That's such a weird... That's, like, that's like one of those admin things that we just, add, like, add another layer to that we don't need to, you know? Yeah. Well, and then everybody else, I think, gets instructor time. Like, E-dubs get all instructor time, right? So... Whether they like they're in the seat or not, it's instructor time the whole time. So yeah, because somebody was talking about like, oh, I don't have enough instructor hours to apply for that or something like that. It's like, but <laughs> it's like well, that's just a bit like if you flew however long, like let's say two years as an instructor, but for some reason the pilots um, or whoever made the seventy one followed you as like ordinary time versus instructor time, and you didn't know, then you just got fucked over, you know. Yeah. But you really, you've been, like, really what they're getting at almost is, like, how how much have you flown since you've been an instructor? You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like, the, like the SARM guys and gals are on top of that. Usually they're like, uh, well, I, shouldn't you be this way, <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. But, but, yeah, I think that's just one of those stupid fucking things that we worry. Like, we get in the weeds about where we might as well go with the easier option. That's also the better option for everybody kind of thing, you know? So Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, but that's like that's like that's like purely a crew aircraft thing, you know, like like when you're splitting time like that, you know. Yeah, but isn't that uh, stupid? Like, it, so it I'm, is, guessing, it's a, I'm guessing with uh, single seat, like if you're an instructor, you're getting instructor time, right? Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, I don't know how they log how they log it. If like the instructor's like the fucking wingman or something but like yeah they're they're debriefing the formation on what they saw as an instructor in the formation so they are instructing so they log instructor time yeah you know what i mean like, yeah did, yeah uh did you have uh, i don't know if you're oh he's not done okay never mind uh well uh i guess i was well, gonna <laughs> go ahead yeah i was gonna say did you guys see the pfa scores come out <laughs> Uh, I saw something like it's something crazy. Like the mile and a half time is now like you can walk it. <laughs> yeah, you could do at least for men um, thirty. Uh, what is it? Thirty to thirty-five. They do five-year increments now, or is it ten? Still? Something like that. I think it's five-year uh, increments. You can you can get a fourteen-minute and get a fifty-point-nine. So you could. Still get a 90 if you max out the push-ups and sit-ups, and they got rid of the waist measurement as well. Yeah, I'm I am pumped about that. Like not not necessarily like that needed. Like I was probably always going to get excellent, but I don't have to run as hard. I can run like an 11 mile, mile and a half, 11 minute, mile and a half. Excuse me, and be like, ah, okay, because I yeah. thought I'm going to be at. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or even I like, think, I think uh, no, even 12 minutes was like I think I running like a 12:30. What was like the same time when I would run like a ten thirty, like two yeah. minutes, a full two minutes slower is the same score as what I used to have. So I don't know. Yeah, I think it's a step in the right direction because it's one of those things that's been like long overdue a re overhaul of that and just realizing like as much as or you know as though as we want to admit it, uh, we're not 
you know, the Air Force is not about physical fitness as its main tenant. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, the, it like should. Maybe. Like, I, I think it should still be there, but like, I got like, I will in in defense of it. If you're, if you run a, it, it, let's say your limiting factor is to run, and like you max out push ups and sit ups each time, you're probably in decent shape. Like, there's no one who really maxes out both of those and is just going to fail to run probably unless like there's something incredibly like injurious about yourself um, or you're injury prone or, you know, something like that. So it's probably makes sense. Um, I would, I don't know. I, I still think it, it's imperative that we have a physical fitness culture. I'm sure this is going to be a catching jets podcast. We might, we might as well make it one. Yeah. Uh, or maybe first segment might maybe first half hour. But anyways, um, I still think like whether or not we're, we're in the air force or the chair force, whatever, I still think that there needs to be a physical component. And I think part of our problem is we talk about this warrior ethos, or at least we used to when we first got in and people or, or other airmen and space professionals, uh, they don't take that to heart you know um you can't be ready to fight if you're you know if you can't pass a pt test like you literally can't because by nature of conflict anybody can find themselves in a bad situation and if they can't um survive that because they're physically incapable they're a they're a um wait what's the word um can't think right now my brain's dropped today (laughs) no 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 but yes also (laughs) no uh they're basically they're a liability you know and if and i I think one thing for in the air force that people cherish or people covet is not being a liability if you're talking about being a successful person you know you're either asset or liability a lot of times people say well you can be an asset in the you know in the jet or you can be an asset in in the um in the office and if you're a liability when it comes to nut cutting time and somebody's <laughs> shooting at you or you're you're fighting against somebody whatever it is whether it's an active shooter or whether it's a you know like you get dropped off in the middle of a battlefield for whatever reason then like what what good is it being a being cgo of the year five times over if you can't survive running, you know, 300 meters, um, to save your life or save somebody else's life. So, um, maybe it's just, I'm just biased, but yeah. No, I mean, I think that checks. It's like, it's not like you can say, uh, you know, you're deployed, nothing's happening. And then all of a sudden you need to, you know, man the gate or whatever, (laughs) you know, the cliche (laughs) is, and it's not like you can be like, Oh shit, let me go run like a marathon so I can get back in shape. (laughs) Yeah. Wait, hold on. Uh, oh shit you know victor's coming at me stamp <laughs> i need to get in shape can you come can you uh resume this in like three months uh i haven't had adequate time to uh prepare for this yeah exactly and uh so another thing i had was um kind of switching topics the um you know we, we do always talk about knock it off like we when we go fly if we're in like a scenario or um, integration with other players, we like other jets, we 
say we can say knock it off over the radio and like everybody um, kind of gets uh, into their safety corners or something like that and resets. But it's like, or I guess I was also talking about like even in the jet, like by yourself, you know, when you're at the step desk and you're like, hey, guys, I'm not good to fly today or something like that. And it's like that you kind of ruin the story for people or, you know, maybe they can't go that day. It's like we always talk about how we we want to say like, hey, you got, you know, you could say this at any time. But it's like then if you say it, it'll be like, OK, I guess we're done. And then later they'll be like, all right, guys, let's debrief. So why 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 couldn't why did you get enough sleep last night? You know, somebody debriefs you on not. Oh my god, I, I haven't seen that yet. No, I mean I haven't <laughs> had that happen, but I'm just sure that they would. You yeah. know what I mean? Well, it, I think it's one of those things where, and we we've talked about this other things. You can do it. That doesn't mean there's not going to be consequences but there's right. a there's a very fine line and i know me and shark have talked about this before like it should it's it's one of those things where if it's for a good like it's safer to do so and somebody might be like hey man like you didn't get enough sleep all right well you know i understand like this if it's a one-off thing it's like cool but like if it's a trend that's when you probably it, it, you don't just have carte blanche to not get sleep and then like, ah, oh, shit, man, I, 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 every time you're up for a sword, you can't fly, you know, uh, although I have seen it. And I think we all know people who've done the tactical deniff. So, yeah, I mean, I could never do. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I, you know, of, of the times I've thought about it, I've never actually pulled the trigger on it because it's like, I don't know. It's and usually the sorties have turned out fine. So it's like, I don't know if it's worth. Ah, I don't know. I guess it's teach their own. Yeah. But yeah, I guess it kind of does tell something about the person. I mean, then again, they could be going through some shit that you don't know, you know. But that, I mean, that's kind of to the point of like, we say like, hey guys, you can say anytime you want. You know, you need a, a like even yeah, like even in the squadron, if you said like, hey guys, I need a break. You know, they'd be. I feel like they would be like cool about it, but then they would go on the offensive. You know, like late left the room. Need yeah. a break. What? Fuck, yeah. I've been here since 5 o'clock in the morning every week night this week. Yeah, like a week or two later, they would talk to you about it in like, I don't know, a feedback kind of session. But not that that's a bad thing, but it's like, I, I don't know if we really, we say these things, but we don't actually, I don't think we have a no, good enough culture yet where we take, uh, we actually take that to heart, you know, or like actually live those things. I think it's kind of a superficial thing we say. So then... People are not owning up to stuff and they're kind of, um, how do you say, like kind of drifting or like kind of faking it till you make it kind of thing. And so that's not good either. That's not optimal, you know. I mean, I guess it all comes down to kind of like uh, basically the same like, you know, when you when you should say like, I don't know what I'm talking about right now. You know, what I mean? like when they ask you questions that you kind of try to answer, <laughs> like you, you kind of know what they're, how to answer it or what the correct answer is. But you should really just say, like, I don't know, you know, yeah. that's kind of the theme of it, I suppose. But yeah. like we don't we there's no one would ever or rarely. I feel like somebody would applaud you for saying, I don't know, you know, right. it's always like, oh, you got to know the answer to everything at all times. <laughs> yeah, I think I will say as something that I learned as an officer is like you have to know all the answers all the time. And I found out that's the exact wrong thing that you don't know. <laughs> Uh, there was something I did um, 
a course I went to and that's what I got debriefed on really hard was they're like, yeah, you should have just like, if you don't know the answer, just don't just say you don't know. I'm like, what the fuck, man? Like I've been told like, and then <laughs> and here's, here's the thing too. When someone, I guarantee you during this course, if I would have like, yeah, I don't know. Then I'm like, oh, that's good on you for not knowing. But you know, we just can't take somebody who doesn't know things. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? exactly. Okay, fine. So, uh, I think it's some one of those things to stand if you do, Dan, if you don't, but I will say, uh, I think it is more important. I I think on the whole they're they were correct. If you don't know something, it's all right to not know it. Just make sure you have a plan to, for not knowing or having somebody else, um, who does know something or at least has a better idea than you do. Yeah. And actually this is getting deeper now because it's like, this is, this is a perfect thing I realized you know, it sounds like cliche, but being like a leader, you know, or like, let's say you're an SOS and you're leading a group for a group uh, problem, you know, where they just like, for those that don't know, you know, you have like a group of six people or 20 people, whatever it is. And they, um, they just say like, oh, you have to figure out how to, I don't know, I guess I shouldn't say one of them, but like, it's like, those stupid little group iceberg things where you've done where like, you know, everybody's in line, but then the teacher tells you, you have a number and you have to get back in line without talking to each other or something like that. Yeah. And it's like, uh, it's like you do as the person who's like in charge of it, you don't have to have the answer. You just have to facilitate, you know? Mm-hmm. So like they said, like you don't have to have the answer, but you have to find a way to get to it. Like maybe it's more about your process, trust the process instead of, you have because you're not gonna have the answer to everything in it all the time in life i mean and even general brown talked about that where i think we talked about it one time where he was saying um like if i'm a you know if you got like so many topics that you could be good at and a 10 would be you're like perfectly uh, an expert at it if you're like an eight or nine in some areas it's better to concentrate on those and let the people who are, you're a four or five at cover the oh sorry let other people cover the topics that you're a four or five at yeah you know instead of putting capital into trying to get better at the stuff you really suck at yeah uh, you might as well concentrate on the stuff that you're uh really good at you know yeah play play your strengths yeah i think that's important for when you're in the especially when you're in the doing a phase like it obviously if you're practicing something it's good to practice the the things you're not good at but if you're like hey this is like games on the line, definitely focus on that stuff. There's no time to be trying to do everything yourself. Um, yeah, uh, I, go ahead. I got to say the, sorry, I'm going to another subject here. I'm just uh, on a roll, but the, uh, I feel like the B-52 and F-16 aren't good at this, right? It's like, we have so many missions that you can't be a master of any of them. You, <laughs> you know, right? Yeah, it's kind of hard. Just, but I don't know really the solution necessarily to them, but I suppose it all comes down to priorities, right? Like, what should I be an eight or nine at? You know, which mission set? Jasm? Yeah. Or standoff, I guess? Uh, yeah. Sure. But then, you know, you have to accept. I think that's that's part of it. We don't accept the idea that you're going to be a four or five at other stuff if you want me to be an eight or nine at something. You know right. what I mean? Well, I think, I, honestly, if I was, like, looking back at it now um, – and maybe the training plans for these people. Now we're get, just giving training plan advice here. But <laughs> um, this is we're we're guys. We're in the, we're this is catching jets volume eighteen. <laughs> um, we're in deep. If you're a civilian, just 
go ahead and change the channel, switch to the yeah. next podcast. <laughs> but um, on in this training, like the training plan should have enough space and be long enough that you can get good in that one because and it, this goes for all multi-role you know weapon systems right if you're let's say you're in the buff and you're in jasmine phase well you know you got to expect because you probably just came off of cast phase or you probably just came off of you know air interdiction phase or something like that you got to expect uh well i guess jasmine could be ai but anyways um Let's say you start, you're just starting off Jasm. You got to expect that you're probably not that good at it right now. So the training plan needs to be long enough where you can build up to being really good at it. It can't be a two-week plan where the first week you're like, you suck. And this next week, we need to be perfect at it. Like, no, it's there's got to be enough slop where you can kind of do the crawl, walk, run, if you will. That way um, – you can go to the next phase. So then if nuke is the next phase, okay, you got to expect, I'm probably not going to be the best at nuke. I can get the job done um, and do it correctly, but it's not going to be as good as if I was doing it for, you know, two months. So it's one of those things where you have to, um, you just have to expect that, Hey, I'm going to be well-rounded enough, but I may need some spin up time and because guess what? Anytime you're going to do some kind of deployment exercise or whatever, you know what happens? You're going to have a spin up time before that so you can get really good at it. And then, you know, you're probably going to be doing only that while you're on that in that phase, most likely. Well, then you're going to be perfect. You're going to be at a very high proficiency by the time you go to execute those things. So it's not one. We're not in the, the time frame where you need to be good at. 80 different things all at once because that's just not going to happen. I would argue that um, even in the fighter community, there's only going to be a few things you need to be good at to need to be good at at one particular time. Like for instance, right now it's cast. Got to be good at cast. Well, now when you go to the near peer, okay, you might you probably can let cast fall off a little bit, but you need to do you know your practice large exercises whether it's you know tactical intercepts or whatever so you can focus on that and then you can focus on package integration okay for near peer like all right cool get that you can do so you can do your air to ground strike package and you can do your tactical intercepts all right cool but do you need to focus on cast probably not do you need to focus on you know whatever else probably not you can just focus on those two three mission sets and then rely on the other stuff being good enough to get the job done. So. Yeah, that all checks. I have, uh, another switch gear, uh, still about the military. I'll keep it there, but, um, completely different from what we've been talking about. Send it. All right. Okay. So again, we know your boy, Elon Musk, he's trying to nerd. <laughs> right? So think about like there's going to be a day where we can kind of read each other's minds, right? Or not read each other's minds. There's going to be a day where like somebody can, you know, like whether they can do a brain transplant or this might be, you know, 300 years from now, but like where they can, you can have interfaces with um, other people's minds. You can, whether it's just you put on like some headgear or something and you can, you know, control the lights in your house or 
etc. Well, eventually there's going to be a point where an enemy can exploit that, right? So whether you have a neural link or whether you have like some kind of, you know, magnetic headgear that's going to help you enable or somebody, somebody's essentially going to be able to read your mind, right? Well, as we are right now, our brains, um, at least us in the military, we, they're a container for classified information, right? Obviously, they rely on us to not say things or not to go places and just talk things or tell people what we're thinking or the information we know. Well, what happens when you get one of those neural links or you get like one of these brainwave things or scanners and other people can just read whatever your brain scans are, read your brain waves? Are they going to like now forbid us from like doing things? Because are we, are we going to have like because our brains are essentially we're just walking around classified information. We're just constantly aware of the classified information that we have. We can keep monitor that we're not giving it away. But if somebody if you just like walk through, you know, let's say you walk through a metal detector and it's outfitted with a brain scan thing and it can read your thoughts and read your secret, the secrets in your brain. The government's going to be like, ah, we can't be having this stuff slip around. So you think they're just, what do you think they're going to do to us? Fuck, I didn't think about that. Damn it. Dude, I, I just now I just now thought of that like this last week and I was like, bro, like we, they might just like <laughs> you're, in the mil- you're in the military. No, you, can, you you can't leave anywhere. No, you're stuck. We're, we're not we, we can't let you we can't let our plans or maybe they just don't tell you anything ever. It is I uh, real quick. I did think about like, you know, we have secret stuff and we put it in a vault, you know, like a physical yeah. vault. <clears throat> And that's where we like choose to keep it. But yeah, I, I did think about like it is weird that they tell it to us, you know, so we know so much stuff. Yeah. And by the way, so much of the stuff I feel like we know like is useless to it. Like, why'd you even tell me that? You know what I mean? Now it's like <laughs> <laughs> I have to, you know, uh, not let that slip out or something like that, you know. But um, yeah, I think there will be. That is a good point. I think there will be uh, some restrictions. I'm sure, you know, which kind of sucks. But, well, yeah, there's going to be some restrictions. They might fucking restrict your ass from doing anything ever. <laughs> Downloading to the uh, augmented reality video games, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like the Matrix or something, yeah. Exactly. So, Or maybe yeah. like maybe the solution, because they got to figure out, I'm sure this was one of the, like when they were coming up with classification, I'm sure this debate was had once upon a time. But maybe they're just going to be a thing where they just do everything is treated like a, you know, uh, everything is they just treat everything like it's unclassified and they just only tell you like hey we're going to give you access to this information and you just know hey i need to be here at this time and do this one thing you know or maybe they're like hey they're just going to do everything for you like okay when you see this you have to do x action and you're like okay you have no clue what you're doing you're just we're essentially like we become the drones at that point yeah, we'll be, and I mean, we'll be human drones. What are we gonna do? Th- I don't know. If if you think about it, they don't let us get hypnotized, right? Yeah. So, true. so that's kind of like the uh, the analogy there, I guess. You know? Yeah. Now but it's that- gonna be free hyp- hypnosis. <laughs> Starlink. All your things are going to Elon Musk. We can colonize Mars. But they don't like that. So that's um, we're gonna miss out on, on to- yeah, we're gonna miss out on an entire facet of life you know, in the future. Yeah. But then again, who knows? Maybe they're going <clears> to, 
do what they do with, you know, the next iOS for the EFBs. Like they, you know, it comes out, you don't get it initially, but then they say, okay, it's secure. So now you can do it, you know? Yeah. I don't know, but. Also, I found out that's just for the FAA. And then then I think, I think it happens for the FAA. And then once the FAA approves it, then that's when everybody's like, they send out the little, the notum for uh, the Air Force. But okay, the FAA says you're good. So you're allowed to use it now. Oh, the FAA is the reason. I think I think so personally because I because I have four flights still and I, I'll get a notice and it'll say you know iOS fourteen point two is now um, uh, authorized for use by the FAA. Dude, I think that's stupid. Like, <laughs> it's like I'm sure it's fine. You know, like what's the I don't know that again those um, I'm actually reading or listening to a book on note by you know like the it's the netflix culture it's not really like the story of netflix but it's really good um if you're interested in that kind of stuff but one thing they talk about which is not too surprising is like the more control you add just reduces people's like ability and um creativity you know what i mean and like in our case innovation and so it's like those small things add up like i was talking about before uh god damn it what was i talking about before oh the um uh fuck cord is your brain not working i don't think so no um in the podcast you're talking about yeah like i was talking about before that's something they added that like is unnecessary or something like that but uh you're talking about the with the instructors Yes, yeah, that's what it was. Like, why don't you just give everybody instructor time, you know, once they become an instructor and stop, like, trying to split hairs. You know, so, like, those small things, just like, I mean, the iOS, okay, sure, security is not convenient and convenience is not secure or whatever the hell um, our security manager always says, uh, or back in the day. But it's like, if you get rid of those, like, small things before you know it, like, those just bog people down. You know what I mean? So the more you could rip or rip away the better you know where possible but i think we're like elon musk talked about actually he's like everybody gets like you get penalized if you know you allow somebody to do something they get hurt or something but you never get rewarded if you make things more efficient you know so it's like weighed so heavily into being conservative and safe you know that like well, that's where we lose the accelerate change or lose. You know what I mean? Right. <clears throat> God, well, well, I mean, you're you're having trouble recalling your conversation. So, do you think like maybe you're a little too controlled? I mean, you yourself, Port. Yeah, I mean, actually, that's a good analogy in the sense of like today I had so many small things to do that I was like all over the place. You know what I mean? Whereas if I just concentrate on one big thing, then it's easier, you know. And let all let all the small stuff like kind of fall fall to the wayside. Well, not necessarily that, but it's just like the idea of giving somebody seven projects versus one big project, if that makes sense. Like one big project right. that's all related with seven different tasks <clears throat> versus seven distinct tasks and projects, you know. I mean, again, it can be helped sometimes, but. And by the way, guys, we got a shark on the podcast. He just uh, joined us. What were you doing? Eating and cooking something? I was making dinner, but I just ran, speaking of the PT test. Oh, my uh, God. 
and I can't eat a lot after I run. I can like take a couple bites of food, but like I like can't. And then like two hours later, I'm like, oh my god, I've never been more hungry in my entire life. So uh, I'm trying to eat what I just made, but it's not happening. So I'm back. So you wasted our time. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say, Shark, you're in the hot seat right now. Shark always Rolexes the podcast. I, I guess it's okay. <laughs> What's that? Well, I know we were gonna do one last time, and I was like, that's why I said I I cannot Rolex. I, I I can't. I can't. Yeah. I I'm and tonight I'm gonna be pretty close um, as well. But anyways, well, what do you have? What do you have going on? Dude, I'm an old man. I'm tired, and also I have to like as soon as work's over tomorrow. Uh, I got to drive back to Clarksville so I can start finishing moving my house. Oh, jeez. Yeah. And I didn't get very much sleep last night either. So I'm not used to this also. Like, I'm used to waking up at, like, 6 o'clock and then going to work and, like, making it to work by, you know, 7, 30, 8. And now, like, I got to be at work at 7. I'm like, dude, this is crazy. And also, I got to stay till, like, 5. That's not – no. I gotta, I gotta build wow, my top back up. Yeah. What it, is that like? Uh, fuck the new guy kind of thing. Or what's going on there? No, I could, pro- I could probably leave at like four, but I don't want to be that guy, especially being new. And I really don't have much to do. Right now, to <laughs> even seven a.m. show. That's fucking. That seems like a kick in the nuts. It's like that's the time the uh, mass brief is seven o'clock. Oh my god. Yeah, I know. I thought that was kind of crazy, huh? No, that's yes. odd. That's, you guys have yeah. a mass. You have a mass brief every morning. <laughs> yeah. What's going on over there? I don't, know. I don't know, but we only work four days a week, so maybe that's why. Uh. <laughs> maybe you should have led with that. I guess. <laughs> Monday through Thursday, baby. So. Dude, that's that's a fucking way to go. I wonder if more of America is gonna head that way. You know, especially after seeing like COVID. I remember we talked about when COVID first hit, like um, like work Monday through Thursday. And I guess you work Friday too, but maybe Friday's like a telework or like a light day, you know? Yeah, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah. But makes sense to me. Uh, Shark, what did you were you listening? And is there anything you wanted to add to some of the stuff? I was I was really trying to like add conversation that you really wanted to talk about, but you weren't able to. So <laughs> just to fuck with you, but you, you know, you know, I really like wish I had written down the comments that I had, but I <laughs> and now I've forgotten what what we were even talking about. To be honest, because uh, the one thing that sticks out in my mind is the PT test, and yes, I'm super excited about that. Uh, and yes i do agree if you can max out the push-ups and sit-ups you're probably in pretty good shape yeah uh i was gonna i was gonna ask uh did you have any other comments about flying the viper flying the almighty viper since you're the real viper pilot i'm just a uh, well i'm still an i'm still an mqt viper pilot so but you uh, you at least flown it by yourself like no one's in there so kind of learning it after the podcast is over, I have a flight to tell you about, and it was the worst flight of my entire life. Okay. Um, Dude, uh, what like what are they teaching you? Why is this taking so long? How long have you been in training? Well, actually, you know, that it's ironic. It kind of goes into the uh, phase-based training kind of discussion. Oh, yeah. Uh, because – and uh, I don't think we can really talk about it like on the podcast, but 
uh, it's kind of like they've lengthened the phases, and so it, it it takes longer to like get through each phase because each phase requires different configurations uh, based on like what you what mission set you need to do. So like sometimes you just don't have the correct configuration to do the mission that's required for MQT because they're not in that phase yet. You know what I mean? Okay, gotcha, yeah. <clears throat> How long have you um, been in MQT equivalent? Uh, we're coming up on six months. Oh, well, sorry. Is Wait. You, yeah, BMC, like BMC was like the FTE. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, like, it's, like that's how, like, go ahead. So like CMR is taking like six months and it should take a little less time. Okay. You know? uh, I guess that's not too bad. I mean, it's not too bad. It's just kind of annoying because it's like, they're like, you can only fly with an instructor and that sort of shit. You know, it's like. That's well, that, I feel that's one of those things that only Shark is mad about. Everybody else is like, okay, I understand. Well, no, I mean, I understand, but it's just like, it's like, well, I want to do fun shit, like be red air <laughs> and like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, uh, it's just, ne it's never fun, like being on a grade sheet, you know, and like having a, a grade sheet put in front of you every the single time. The whole time, every single yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. I know that feeling. So, I just had that happen when I was JTAC, but it shit sucks. Yeah. And so it's just like, it's like, it's a lot better when you can just go out there and try and get better and like you're making mistakes and it's like it's like oh i'm gonna try to get better at that instead of like you're making mistakes and then you have to look at it on a grade sheet and then you kind of just want to forget about it you know what i mean like yeah yeah but I, I mean i know it's easier said than done but it's like uh we've all been through a lot of training like shouldn't you just try your best and like i mean yeah, again, it's like a mental game. Try to, like, brush it off. But, like, try not to get it into your head too much, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're starting to sound like one of my instructors. Uh, I, I am one of your instructors. Uh, yeah, I get that. Okay. <laughs> big, big fucking port's an instructor. <laughs> um, no, it, it, it's... Uh, I, love, I love that, like... The, the worst the worst like thing you can say to somebody is like yeah man just chill out you know or yeah man just don't get in your own head and it's like no you, you can't really do that you know um i also feel like i have been uh maybe victim to like an accordion effect of like the air force you know uh and maybe i'm just an, maybe i'm just old man sport bitching um but uh do, do you guys know what that is like sport bitching like where i'm just yeah like, just, bitching about do shit. just to do it yeah 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 but like you know they cut pilot training in half and they cut iff basically in half and they've cut the b course basically in half and so it's like you're arriving at the squadron with like half the amount of hours that people had like five years ago you know Mm -hmm. I bet all of your instructors are like, oh, are you the class that, like, you guys didn't do anything in uh, training? It's like, right, no, right. you don't understand what you're talking about, but okay. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, it's like, what is that going to give, man? I get... Ah, God, it's like, and, we and have then, to and, do a proper job, you know? No, no, but, but, then, but then, like, and this has happened to me in the B-52, too. Like, it's just like, 
you get to the squadron and then they don't say like they say that shit to you and they acknowledge that they know that you didn't do anything like crazy in training and then you go out there and you do something crazy like like some like highly complex mission and you suck at it and then they look at you and they go why do you suck so bad you know and you're just like because i thought never because I've never done this before. You know? Just say because <laughs> you're a bad instructor. <laughs> yeah, right? That'll definitely yeah. work. Yeah, that, that'll go over real well. Uh, but, I mean, I don't know how to say this. It's like, I mean, you remember check, uh, like, you know, pilot check rides or, you know, buff check rides or whatever. It's like, I don't know how to say this. It's like, you know, you saw the lieutenants in UPT, right? And yeah. sometimes they would, like, take missteps or, like, not be too confident in one area. But it's, like, just do what you can do best. And they're, like, you know, I don't know how to say, like, it, you're going to – if you take a misstep, it's not going to, like, totally fuck everything up or, like, make you fail or something like that. You're just going to get, like, uh, like guided back to the right direction. You know what I mean? If that makes sense. Until it does, that's the only problem. Like some people, yeah. like, they have it happen too many times. Or like I know, I, don't get me wrong. I know there's some people whose sob stories are absolutely true, where like they had like two bad rides in a row, and then next thing you know, they're just got labeled a bad guy. But a lot of times, and I'm probably one of the people who's like that. Once you know, you have a like if you're not doing that good, it's not just because of one thing or because one guy fucked you. It's probably because you're just a little bit behind everybody else, and you'll get there eventually. I know I did, but well, sometimes yeah. you gotta like it's not always like you got fucked, but sometimes yeah, sometimes you did. Well, but yeah, I think the larger point is is that like we are like every guy coming like unless you're just like fucking natural born fighter pilot, which I absolutely am not. And I have to work hard to like get good at shit, you know. Uh, it I feel like the Air Force is putting everyone in a position where we're already behind, you know. Yeah. And like, they're not giving the opportunity. They're expecting you like, you know, the 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 strong swimmers will swim. So here you go. Right. Right. And, and if, if you're not a strong swimmer, then you're you get out of here. Right. And and like maybe we've maybe I've said this before, but like. I think the way to make more pilots like is not to like shorten the the training program and like because they're just building numbers. You know what I mean? Like the way to make more pilots is to make like actually a longer training program and get more people trained to a level that is adequate so that they can execute the mission to the expectation. You know what I mean? And it's Mm -hmm. not uh it's a it's a quality game and it's not a quantity game because like numbers will the numbers will come you know uh yeah. but what's happening is the air force is like trying to just push they just want the numbers and then they don't want the quality so like i think that has the uh not to use an sos term here but like it has a second and third order effect of like wow. lowering morale you know because you're constantly putting people through this grind where it's just like you're pushing them way beyond where they should be uh, to try and get more wingmen and get more flight leads and get more instructors. And then it's like, it's like all of a sudden this dude's like an IP and he hasn't been in the F-16 for like 
three years, you know, and he's like, oh, my God, like I'm now I'm the most experienced person here. And like and and that whole time he was just like probably getting kicked in the dick, you know, like yeah. from from like day one at pilot training to like the end of his IP upgrade. You know what yeah. I mean? And it's just like the Air Force could do a lot just like being like, let's like you're saying with the whole flying thing, you know, like, like, let's hit the pause button. I need a break. Like, uh, instead of being like, what do you mean you can't handle this? Like, I've been here since five in the morning, which is like how every general looks at the rest of the Air Force. I feel like, you know, mm-hmm. uh, where they're just like, I've been here since five in the morning. And you're like, OK, well, I'm not like, you know, uh, like freaking insanely uh you know high speed like you know i i don't think i'll ever be there you know what i mean yeah uh does that make sense yeah and i think like if you make people stress out too much it's gonna hurt them too long term either in the jet or outside the jet with health like you you can't be doing that you know i mean we always talk about quality over quantity so much. We might as well fucking name the podcast that. Like that's I feel like that's like what the a lot of the problems come down to, you know. Well, I mean, is the juice worth a squeeze? Kind of sums it up, right? <laughs> yeah, you're right. That's the universal truth, right there. <laughs> Wasn't that was was that one of the first podcast topics? Is the well, juice I mean, that, worth the squeeze? That's <laughs> the that's the continual question of the show. <laughs> but, we still haven't uh, figured it out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> The chances are, ninety-five percent of the time, the juice is never worth the squeeze. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> like... uh, but what I was gonna say was, um, I think a lot of times people who are who say, you know, oh, you know, uh, for instance, okay, they had remember they had IFS initial flight flight screening. Now they have initial flight training because it's not a screening program. They're trying to make more pilots. There are aircrew members in general. All right. People think like, oh, like, and then what people end up saying is that who went through IFS and like, oh, now they just let anybody through or <laughs> well, like they say, oh, it was so much harder in my day. Like, well, I know you think that, but like they're what they're implying is that they're make they're cutting too many people breaks. And I will definitely say that like people who think that like I don't think they realize some of the breaks that they had cut for them at times. And it's just it's not to say that they're getting new new breaks are being cut for people, but they are just getting them in a different way than they thought they were. Because when you're in it, you don't realize everything that's going on behind the scene. Like they could have had some one person who just advocated, whether it's their flight commander or somebody who was like, hey, you know, this guy. Yeah, he, he fucked this up. But you know, what? he's a good dude. So, you know, he said he tells his buddies that and they're like they go to fly off and they're like, ah. So you were, you know, you were one dot let from this, uh, this approach. You're like, uh, well, normally that's, you know, a hook. But because it only happened, like, really briefly, hey, you know, I'll let you pass. There, versus that same instructor, you go somebody else who's an asshole, and they're like, you, you were one dot left. I'm, I'm, my hands are tied, you know. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. And, and you, you, we've all heard people who's, who've done that, who said, you know, my hands are tied. I, I got to follow the rules. I got to stick to them. And almost nine times out of 10, you don't have to. It's just you wanting that person wanted to be that way. But but like if we were trying, I, I think the larger and IFT is a good example of that. 
if we are trying to create more pilots, we should be training freaking monkeys how to fly, you know, and we should we should make the training as long as it takes to teach a monkey how to fly, you know, and and I, that's how we create more pilots. Yeah. Not and not like better pilots, too, to be honest. Right. Right. And, you know, if for me, you know, if I was trying to create more pilots, everyone that got into pilot training would fly an airplane. Unless there was some medical reason why they couldn't fly, like they would be flying an airplane by the end, you know, because I, I legitimately believe you can train anyone to fly an airplane if you if you give them enough time. Yeah. Um, and there's there's ton of there's tons of people who are on the civilian side who are evidence of that, right? Right. And and so and there's tons of guys on the civilian side that had their pilot's license that could go fly a heavy airplane, right? But I think I think 99% of the people that are making it through pilot training right now could go and fly a fighter. You know, they're talented enough to do that. They may they may not want to, and that's their decision, right? But uh, you give someone enough time, they're able to do it and yeah. able to do it effectively. And you know, that's a lot of the feedback my friends that like didn't, you know, quote and I'm using air quotes, make the cut, which I think is a stupid term, but like, uh, you know, guys that like where the, the instructor's looking at him and he goes, you know, if you just had two or three more rides, I think you'd have it, you know? And it's like, well, why <laughs> we'll give them to the fucking two or three more rides yeah. so they can have it. <laughs> <laughs> why, why, did, why don't we give them two or three more rides? You're just wasting another fighter pilot, you know? And then yeah. the, like the air force does shit like that. And then they turn around and they go, I don't understand why we don't have any fighter pilots, you know? And it's like, because you put yourself on these, you put these strict timelines on things and then you're like, well, we didn't achieve what we did. And it's like, well, because you didn't make the goal realistic, you know? Uh, but yet they tell oh, you, you're saying that the air force or not the air force, but the military, they don't really like smart goals. No, they really don't like, like, <laughs> like they don't, they don't make smart goals. Like they're like, yeah, we can do this we can create more pilots in half the amount of time. And it's like, no, you, you really can't. That's not a realistic goal. Like, yeah. uh, it's just like, and, and no one's going to go out there and like fly perfectly ever. Right. And yeah. it's just, but the, the, the other big problem too is, and that they're fixing this is like, you have a lot of guys in pilot training that have no idea what it's like to fly certain airplanes because there's none of those guys in the squadron. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, you know, you got a bunch of like heavy guys looking at some dude and being like, you know, like the T6 is heavy on like KC-135 and C-17 pilots. And they're great pilots and they're very knowledgeable. Right. But they have no idea what it's like to fly a T-38 or to fly an F-16 or to fly an F-15. And they're looking at this guy in pilot training and they're like, huh, I don't think you can cut it for the T-38 let's send him to the T1. And it's like, well, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, but they've never flown the T38. Maybe they did, but probably not. And they've never flown an F16 or an F15 or an F35. So like, they have no idea what that kind of flying is like or yeah. what kind of like mental capacity it takes. So they're just like looking at this guy and saying, yeah, based on what I've heard about the fighter community, I don't think you can cut it. And everything you've ever heard about the fighter community is wrong. Like, uh, and so, like, 
they're using completely baseless assumptions to judge this guy and determine the rest of his life. Yeah. So. I will say. Oh, go ahead. What what do you got? What do you got for it? I will say like, um, no, I think you're right with everything, but at some point, some stuff's going to come back down to subjective and I mean that's kind of the the shitty part about <clears throat> like you should try to be objective and uh, metric based as much as possible, but at some point it might come down to somebody's um, opinion or decision, I guess, and that that is kind of the gray area where where it could get shitty, you know. Right. But and I I think just like <clears throat> in awards um, knife fights or whatever the fuck they call them, where <clears throat> you know they're like arguing who should get the award. That's that kind of shit too, right? Where it's like some people are like, "Oh, I don't like that bullet," or "No, he didn't really do that much," or "She didn't do that much," or something like that, or that doesn't really account here. It's like, and then the person's not in the room to like defend themselves, or you know, you don't have that one person who's like, "Guys, I don't think we're making sense right now." <laughs> you know, like we're just going off into a rabbit hole or something like that. If if that makes sense, like yeah, I think yeah, some like I don't know how to say it. it's like. When you have those closed door meetings where you just decide somebody's fate, it's like you have to be careful how you're judging it, right? Mm-hmm. Like there has – you have to use like uh, a template or something as much as possible. You can't let your emotions or your memory let you let it win, you know? Yeah. I faced right. that a lot of times when I was back in my last squadron, like when we yeah. do our murder boards and – we ended up coming up with a template, and the template helped, but as long as the template is a good template, the issue we ran into was the template. It was good, but it was for the wrong ranks, unfortunately, so um, that kind of caused some issues, and again, it's just people like, I, I think people sometimes lack common sense, so they're like, well, I had to score this person, like, guys, no one in their right mind is going to make <laughs> these kind of decisions as, you know, the current rank that we're judging right now. We're we're judging at like three ranks above that they are. Let's, right. Let's think yeah. About this. Like just because it's a template doesn't mean it's the right template for these people. So, anyways, um, I but I did I do like having like at least a baseline, and then you kind of um, then you you have a little bit of wiggle room on the end for some intangibles. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individuals and do not reflect the official policy or position of any agency of the U.S. government.